Hello guys and welcome to episode 11 of The Lost Boy Academy. In this episode, I caught up with Tamara Foe, who works as a city planner in Houston, Texas. Tamara first became interested in urban development when she majored in sustainable urban environment, urban environment at university. During our conversation, she made me realize the importance of taking intangible elements such as space into account when planning a city's design. Tamara also shared her fascinating side business called Punchy Tam, where she makes and sells handmade rugs. Punchy Tam also produces products other than rugs made with similar materials. So if you're interested, check out their Instagram page. That being said, I certainly enjoyed talking to her, and I hope you also enjoy the episode. Thanks for coming on. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so I don't know if you've like read the description of the podcast, but I just, you know, kind of let the audience just have them share their uh, experiences. Um, like it can be like passion or career or, you know, just pretty much anything. But like last time I spoke to you like a few days ago, um, during that conversation, um, we didn't get to, we didn't really speak about your interest in urban planning. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like, you know, you sent me your, uh, the guest bio thing and I was looking at yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday. And, you know, you studied from university, um, like what did you study? Um, what was that? Exactly? I, uh, I studied sustainable urban environments. Yeah, yeah, sustainable urban, urban environments, and you, know, you went on masters in studying urban planning with a concentration in housing and economic development. And yeah, I never really asked you why did you know that this was your interest at such an early stage in your life. Um, good question. Yeah. I so I guess originally my interest. Uh, stem from architecture. Okay. Um, I like my first year in college, I took a lot of architecture courses and um, oh, backstory. I was in London for my freshman year through NYU. And um, yeah, the, the architecture courses were the only ones that really sparked my interest. And they were pretty like, um, like, to be honest, we just fucked around a lot. We just drew these like buildings and then we like learn about the history, but I really liked it. I mean, I just, I guess I also really liked how London was like laid out as a city. And mm. so, um, yeah, I mean, at the time I didn't know what to do, but then this, um, my counselor was like, hey, there's this new major at the engineering school, sustainable mm -hmm. urban environment. So I was like, okay, that looks cool. Um, and then that's kind of like, that definitely kind of shifted my interest to more sustainability and um, sort of like um, urban design infrastructure. Uh, so that yeah. was really fun. And then, I mean, I'm going to be real. I don't really know. I, I think urban planning is fascinating, mm -hmm. but I didn't really have like a very strong like reason or motive to yeah, get yeah. It, other than the fact that it was offered as like a dual degree and I was like one of the first um 
uh, people to enter that program. So mm-hmm. I was kind of like a guinea pig. Um, okay. It's a new yeah. that they just kind of came out with recently. Yeah. So it was like my junior year in college. They're like, hey, like we're starting this new program where you can get a master's in a year. Um, and oh. and it ended up taking two years because they kind of messed up the like, I guess, the course class. Uh, what am I trying like the degree yeah. like scheduling or whatever right because it was like so new i guess yeah yeah um huh. wait so you got bachelor and masters within four years no no i got it like kind of like uh within six years oh, okay. i guess credit wise it was like five but i see it was like spread out but it was like yeah. a continuous program from undergrad yeah, yeah. So I took a lot of like master's courses in my undergrad. Wow. And then, um, and then, you know, I just continued and mm-hmm. stayed at NYU for a few more years. Yeah. Because, yeah, I remember, I mean, I think this was maybe, maybe towards the end of your bachelor's or maybe the first or second year into your master's. Like, I think I, I was I talked to you like I, I was texting you on Facebook or something and you said you're on your way to China with like another friend as a oh, part yeah. of a project yeah 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 that was my uh yeah we um so my senior year or I guess we started my junior year my friends and I we um as a joke we we're like hey like we should all go to Tokyo together because I'm from you know we're from there yeah uh, but then we're like, oh, fuck, we don't have any money. Like, how can we get NYU to, like, pay us to travel together? Yeah. And so we're like, let's do a research project. And actually, in the end, like, there was, like, an academic purpose because mm-hmm. there aren't a lot of programs in the engineering school where people can, like, study abroad for a short time. Or just, like, studying abroad is... um more rare because mm. uh it's very structured in engineering school so if yeah. you miss like a semester you have to make you have to like basically um stay in school for an extra semester so yeah we made this we basically like planned and like you know um presented this proposal for a research project and then uh to our department and then also to this um sustainability office at Mm -hmm. NYU Uh, they have like these grants so we're like yeah like this is an amazing opportunity and then this is this is like during your semester yeah this is like during like my junior year like second semester like spring semester and okay summer and then yeah we got the grant and then we all went to Shanghai and um so it wasn't it wasn't Tokyo it wasn't Tokyo because uh just like logistically it made more sense to go to Shanghai because we had these like professors that were doing um, research in like public health and mm-hmm. walkability. And then, um, and then also NYU has a actual campus. So it was easier for us to like convince NYU to give us some. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is your master's, right? No, this was my undergrad. This was my like thesis for undergrad. I see. So you had all these like, you said it's a spring semester, all these courses, you know, Mm -hmm. like 
lined up that you, you're ready to attend, but then you guys were like, no, I'm not attending these courses or lectures, but I'd rather go abroad. No, no, no. We, this was, oh, this was like a super short trip. It was only January, like in our winter semester, because we have that at NYU. And then like we came back to New York and then we ha- we went to regular classes. Oh, so this was yeah. your winter, this? It was our winter break. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So what did you do in, where in, did you say Shanghai? Yeah, we went to Shanghai and we studied the relationship of um a neighborhood and mm-hmm. it's walkability walkability yeah so it's like how like pedestrian and like cyclist friendly of certain like corridor or street is and nice. so basically our like research was split into um doing like literal pedestrian and cyclist counts and then kind of observing how they use the the certain like study areas so like did they jaywalk or like doing on the street and then um the other half was we had this like uh metric that we used like this index that kind of had all these like criterias of um street and like uh sidewalk characteristic Mm -hmm. yeah characteristics so then we just walked down a block and just like looked at all the buildings and you know how the street and sidewalk was designed um and yeah just looking at like several different blocks in different neighborhoods and like in a very detailed way yeah so from like a perspective of someone who's studying urban like sustainable urban environment and development Mm -hmm. what's your take on Shanghai as a city would you want to live there um I I mean I think just like not even thinking about me being an urban planner I think Shanghai was really cool Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's like a good mix of like like super like rapid new development so there's Mm -hmm. like that new aspect but then there's like certain parts of the city that were still kind of old um and I don't know, it felt like you, like it was stuck in time, but mm-hmm. then like you would notice that they would take like Alipay or like some mobile payment. Yeah. So yeah. A little bit, um, modern. I like the mixture of that. And my only qualm is that I don't speak Chinese, so I don't know if I could ever actually live there, but it's a cool city. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been, but no, no, I have never been. I've been to China. Well, maybe when I was like a kid, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I I didn't really like pay attention to stuff. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. As much as I would. Yeah. So, but it's it's like obviously less modern than Tokyo. Do you think? I don't know. I think so. Like the whole like mobile paint, like no cash. Like they don't even. I don't think I saw many people using like credit cards either. They just mm-hmm. all used um, WeChat and like just like mobile payments and like QR codes and stuff. So I don't know. Like I think like Japan and just Tokyo are, it's kind of a cash society. I always have cash in Japan, but I never carry a lot of cash here. Here as in LA. Just yes, in LA. For the, for the listeners. Yes, yeah. right. Sorry. <laughs> Do I say urban development or like, is that a right way to describe your 
Yeah, development, planning. Mm -hmm. It's all kind of like in the same realm because you're kind of determining what land use is like suitable for certain neighborhoods and um, all that. But yeah. So you like you did like internships and stuff, right? Like around that field. Yeah, actually, like, when I think about it, um, my internships are kind of like varied. A lot of it were more like environmental, like I worked with the New York City Parks Department and like the sanitation department. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was doing work and working on like green roofs and like composting. Green roofs? Green roofs? Yeah, it's like it's um, when you add like, uh, on the roofs infrastructure, you add Uh and that helps um one it helps with like heating and cooling of a building so if you have a green roof like it you know it'll absorb heat in in like the winter but like keeps the heat out in the summer and it also helps with like drainage and just like retaining the roof for a little longer and and you know if the roof is accessible to people then it's also just really nice to have like a little Mm-hmm. yeah um, i do yeah. see those buildings like sometimes uh in tokyo as well yeah like, the top yeah. of the buildings just you see this like grass you know moving yeah and then... that's kind of cool but yeah that's kind of like what i did and then i yeah and then i did like composting so that was more like working with community gardens throughout new york and like schools like what did you do oh i was like um so like the city of New York collects food scraps separately from like regular trash and like recycling. So um, basically they use all, all of the food waste and like garden waste to create compost. And mm-hmm. so my job was really to promote that program in neighborhoods that had that service. And then um, also we there was like a separate program where we like gave because like the city makes so much compost, like they would give it out to like nonprofits and like gardens and schools for free. So they can like use it for like greening or like sustainability projects. My, like, I just like would visit all these places and just like see like how they use the compost and make mm-hmm. like social media posts. <laughs> and, you know, they're like, here, like try this apple or like, Oh, like try this vegetable. I'm like, yes, happily. So that was my job. Wait, like try this vegetable and apples. Like, what do you mean? They're like, they're like, oh, we use the compost, and like this is like it's amazing. You know, you add it to like your garden bed, and it adds more, like it gives more nutrients. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just like talking about this. It is like kind of interesting because you know before I started college or like I would have uh-huh. no idea what I was talking about it's because it's just like not really common in Japan like mm. I feel like you don't see a lot of community gardens or or like green roofs yeah. like there's no space for that in Tokyo or like there I've is but like term. yeah yeah but it's uh but yeah, community gardens are just kind of like parks uh so in new york they're more like because new york is like is kind of limited on like space like in terms of land Mm -hmm. there's like certain you know 
like vacant lots that are like converted into these gardens where like people become members and they like um they grow vegetables and fruit and it's kind of like a communal farm almost yeah yeah but they're also you know like just spaces for like the surrounding neighborhood and stuff um but yeah it's like i don't know it's interesting to see kind of like the differences in every city i've lived in and like how like green spaces are for community gardens like do you like do you rent or buy like certain like acres or uh so in new york it's um in new york most of those uh vacant lots are owned by the parks department um and they kind of like lease it out to people right 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 because i asked you this there's no but they're not like paying any like rent for it okay yeah yeah because uh maybe you might you already know but uh my sister or her boyfriend they like i think around the time when like the covid started to um hit um they rented this like space of farm and they can can just like grow vegetables and whatnot but i don't know Mm -hmm. i just thought i thought maybe that was like a norm or something or like a trend or part of like a community garden too okay because yeah like some you have to be like um you don't not sure i don't think Mm -hmm. you have to pay but like you you do have to be a member at like most places at least from like what i know maybe Uh, theirs were just like private or something i'm not sure that's super cool yeah i think it's probably very convenient to have some you know kind of self-sustained life going right now um, yeah especially with the whole covid and whatnot but huh like this sorry no 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 no. you go ahead no i was gonna say like listening you know to your like like what you did as like internships and stuff like my when i first heard of like urban planning um as a career from your uh bio my instant like image towards that term was just kind of like almost like a real estate you know just people planning a bunch of buildings and trump tower and whatnot um i mean it is it is that too for sure like real estate is like part of it Mm -hmm. i think I, i think what's cool about urban planning is that it's so like there's different intro or not interest, but mm-hmm. and not niches. It's like different sectors of it. Mm-hmm. Like you could be like a transportation planner. So you're specifically like planning out, you know, where to build roads or what where to like add bike lanes or yeah. train systems. There's, you know, there's like environmental planners where you're kind of looking into how environmentally friendly or not friendly a project is yeah there's just like so much that you can do and so like that's why there's like special i know in my in my master's degree that's why there were like specializations and you know there's also one in my program for international development so um yeah that one was also really cool um yeah it's like very multifaceted so I guess that's also why I kind of like still don't have like a clear yeah yeah I like went to urban planning it was just like it 
you know, it really just interested me related to my undergrad degree. Yeah, I mean, even once like you've studied and now you're, you know, going into your professional like career in this field, within that field, there's just, I feel like there's so many sectors and ways yeah. to get involved. Yeah. And that's going to be another process for you to, you know, kind of find out, you know, what suits yeah. you. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Um, I was just talking to my friend Kylie and I was saying how actually, I don't know how prepared I actually am for so, oh, to the listeners, <laughs> uh, I'm in Los Angeles now, but I'm moving to Houston and in about two weeks to start a new job mm-hmm. um, with the city of Houston as a planner. Um, but yeah, I was saying that, like, I don't know how confident I am with, like, starting this job because, like, you know, you can't, you can't apply everything you learn in school to mm-hmm. like a real job or like just real projects so it's like who knows like I think I'm excited and also nervous about just the learning experience yeah. hopefully I don't like come off stupid <laughs> no I mean it's, maybe like everyone maybe does in the first place but it's yeah. definitely learning I mean process. like what did you feel like you know you mm-hmm. felt underprepared for any of the roles you've had or um, I think the most recent one when I worked for the Olympics, um, because, you know, I was thrown into organizing a sport, road cycling, which I never, I never cared about, or, you know, I never really had an yeah. interest. So yeah, just learning everything, the sport and how things work. And I mean, that was, you know, yeah, it was definitely, I was very underprepared, but I liked the process just because I like sport um in general so it wasn't yeah that much of a pain but i think the biggest like difference from my experience between university um and like a working environment which kind of frustrated me was that at university university you're just you're kind of free to explore your interest or your mind or you know just you can work at your own pace and have have opinions and express your thoughts and I guess this really depends on each working environment and the culture of the company but yeah I just didn't really like when someone you know was kind of like told me like what to do and like how to think and you couldn't really I couldn't really question it or even though I thought it was kind of inefficient or wrong because it might like hurt like the ego or pride of like your manager or whatever, you know? So in that sense, I kind of felt a little constrained, but yeah. uh, I think having like a good, like manager or mentor um, that allows you to kind of like give you the balance of doing, like pursuing your interests, but also learning what you need to learn um, is maybe a key, but what exactly like I mean do you have any idea what you're gonna be doing um like job description that you saw well so my so I'm in like the planning department um which is like you know mm-hmm. the city's department that oversees all the projects and developments that are going to happen and my team is development review so um it's just a lot of like pretty I feel like pretty self-explanatory just like looking at these um like development applications by like you know like real estate 
people, construction, whatever, or like even like other like city projects and just kind of reviewing those and making sure that they're up to like cities like land use, which actually I have no idea about. So I need to study that because it's very different from New York. Houston, I, I think they don't have like zoning, which is, you know, um, allocated areas for like specific uses, like residential or commercial. I think it's kind of like a free, like pretty free for all. They just mm-hmm. kind of have like certain requirements that you just need to meet. Um, you know, so I think those requirements are some, you know, things like um, making sure like your buildings are flood proof because uh, it, it floods a lot in Houston. Right. Um, sort of thing so yeah again i'm i should probably learn that before i go (laughs) i mean but do you like to learn these things about you know each like the regulations that each city yeah i think i think it's cool um i think it's cool to see how different cities like manage their land Mm -hmm. um like and you know shame on me but i didn't really learn much about la either while i was here but i mean you weren't um, really studying or working there no but it's like i did have the time but it's just like just like as a city just by looking at it and biking through it like you can just tell how like spread apart everything is and um it's not like new york where everything's um kind of condensed Mm -hmm. la has more like different separated like central business districts and like commercial areas um it's kind of like spotted versus new york is kind of more that's just like a very like broad yeah, observation. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. So I have no idea about Houston uh-huh. or just Texas in general. So um, as a aspiring urban developer, how how would you like to change the city of LA to make it, I don't know, more ideal for you? More ideal for me. Or uh, for you, the people, I don't yeah. Um, so, um, FYI, I didn't, I don't have a car in LA, so I took public transit, walked or biked everywhere. Um, it's not the most friendliest bike city. It's, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously there's LA, you know, built one of the first highways in the United States. Like it's a very like car centric city. So it does take longer to like bike and there's not as many, you know, bike lanes that make biking safe. So mm-hmm. yeah, if I, if I could just change all of LA, I would add more bike lanes and make all the sidewalks wider because they're really narrow. You know, during COVID, I don't want to like rub shoulders with people. Yeah, so yeah. that's just me. <laughs> and then I would build more parks. Um, like there's just not a lot of public spaces or like Mm. green spaces for people to hang out in and you know granted there's like a lot of houses here that have like lawns or like backyards it's still I think it's still important to have these like shared communal spaces Mm -hmm. throughout the city and not just in like kind of wealthier neighborhoods um that's something I would I hope to see one day yeah like I just reminded me of when you said LA is the first what place to build highway is that what you said yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um you know i th- i heard that from my dad actually 
so he could be wrong. I'm not sure. But like prior to World War II, there were a lot of uh, there were trains and trolleys and stuff um, in LA. Um, yeah. But after the World War II, like the automobile industry took over um, a lot of this, like had a big part in like city planning. And- yeah, it's like, and also like the I think specifically, maybe I'm wrong too, but I heard it was like you know the tire companies mm. that wanted to sell their products more, yeah. so more tires, more cars. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, who? I just like sometimes I do wonder, like, if America just kept all their trains and like trolleys, like, mm-hmm. how similar it would be to Japan or yeah. other countries with like a very, um, you know, highly developed like transit system. So mm-hmm. that, that's something I wonder about a lot. <laughs> yeah, because you know, pe- when people visit Japan, like they, you know, they're very. One of the things they say is like how efficient the thing, you know, the train yeah. and stuff. Maybe the efficiency might it's it's a cultural thing, maybe, but the US has all the I think the source and the land to make all these trains and public transportations, you know. I was in LA I think two years ago and on the way back to LAX when I um returned to Tokyo, I was in a Uber. I took a Uber and the driver and I was just we were just like having conversation. And he said that, you know, LA is hosting twenty twenty eight Olympics. Yeah. And yeah. they are planning on building um tra- like more trains or public transportations leading yeah. to that. It's well, yeah. Well there's this um there's like this ongoing uh extension of one of the metro lines the purple line okay and you know, that's supposed to go more into more west into like west hollywood and just like west la and that's been going on for as long as you know i basically since like the first time i ever visited la which is like maybe five or six years ago you know they're like oh yeah we're extending it we're working on this and it's just like just like forever constructed mm-hmm. right? it's like, who knows like are they going to actually build that? And I guess it's like partly because there's not a lot of people who actually use those like systems. So like, where are they mm. getting money from? Mm. What would you like to do in this urban development um, industry? If you can have like like certain authority and just make a decision and plan, because you were mentioning about sustainable urban environment. And so obviously mm-hmm. you're just not like, you know, person that just wants to like build a bunch of many things in the city and, um, but focus on the interest of, I guess, the people that necessarily don't have um, certain resources. Yeah. I mean, I think like sustainability is not just like the environment. It's also just about like how equitable Mm -hmm. and like accessible things are for Mm -hmm. people. Um, And just like thinking about I mean, just also thinking about like, what are some things that can like continuously, you know, be available to Mm -hmm. people and just, you know, being more conscious about like how resources or like any resources used. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's something I will always like try to 
if I ever become like some head honcho of mm -hmm. a planning department, yeah, I feel like that's something I would love to like prioritize. Um, and I guess like I'll, just talking about, or sorry, I was like talking mm -hmm. about like urban planning to someone and I was like, I think accessibility is like kind of a thing I, I don't have too much experience in, but I would really love to learn more about and um, hopefully see, you know, see it actually implemented because it's like when some, when a city is accessible, then it, that means it's more like accessible to not just like, you know, people with disabilities, but it'll become accessible to, you know, kids and like seniors and just like an easier city to like navigate and to live in. So that's mm. something always, yeah, I'm just like curious about it, but. Seems then, like cities just have, oh, oh, like it can improve constantly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Barrier-free cities. And then also this was like a pre coronavirus interest, but uh -huh. public health in urban planning, like how to make cities, how to like encourage like healthier lifestyles. And like originally my, my um, interest was more in like making people active by creating these like, um, like spaces with active design. So like mm. encouraging like, like a fun way to stay fit or like, just move more so uh, but now with like corona it's definitely interesting to see all these like you know crafty improvements and like street yeah, yeah. or like expanding um like sidewalks yeah and yeah that. yeah so, um and even just like planning like park spaces like mm. um yeah just seeing that is all um interesting and it shows like how like people are just like you know not the city government but just like communities are able to also like plan their own neighborhoods yeah that's cool because hmm, i never really looked at it this way but like like you said if you want people in your city to live you know a healthy life i would instantly you know just think oh, okay build build more gyms or like buildings or whatever that people can go and get their job done but from the urban planning perspective you kind of change the the shape or the space yeah. of the city yeah mm -hmm. yeah huh. have you was i actually don't know but like did you see anything similar in tokyo during like coronavirus like with you know seeing different cityscapes or mm. how people use the streets mm, well because i don't know because I was living in Shinjuku, like the center area of Tokyo during this COVID thing, but I rarely went out, you know, I only went out to kind of go shopping and do my essential thing. So I, yeah, I didn't really see it, but I mean, obviously the, the crowded train that hasn't changed a bit um, yeah. before and after pandemic um i think it has to do more with the culture maybe the working culture in japan yeah. as opposed to the structure of the city but you know still thinking that face-to-face -face meeting and stuff is more important than more effective yeah. and stuff than um online virtual yeah. meetings so yeah i mean i was surprised how 
crowded the trains were, but I think in Japan, people are, you know, still kind of living the same, same lifestyle um, prior to Corona, uh, which is, I don't know if it's good or bad. um, But yeah, so I think that's, that's why I, I didn't really see a noticeable change in how people use the space and right. the streets yeah i mean you, you know you were briefly in japan for two weeks last year or yeah, yeah, earlier this year but i mean did you like observe anything particularly different of how people use the space and the streets mm. honestly no yeah. but it, i was like oh like maybe it's just like winter and Uh (laughs) i don't like i feel like there was i saw you know some like bars that extended outdoors but they were like completely covered by like plastic so it was kind of like a pointless um you know way to like prevent corona um it wasn't really i don't think it did anything yeah yeah i mean people like it was like so crowded too uh yeah and that like, you know, ha- having um, like this plastic, what is it like a wall, you know, Yeah. that's, that was a thing even before Corona, I feel like to right. keep the space warm. Right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Your roommate? Uh, no, I think it's. Uh... Leo, you can go get it. No, it's okay. She got it because it's, oh, okay. it's her um, lava cakes from Domino's Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> nice um, yeah i don't know i mm-hmm. tokyo i think is like uh, okay here i'm gonna like try like go mm-hmm. back i wish i like so my program was very new york centric and we didn't learn about how other cities were planned mm-hmm. um so i actually like can't really you know confidently tell you about uh, like urban planning in tokyo right other right. than that there is no like particular um you know land use requirements it's like very flexible in that you uh, um you can have like mixed use development so that's like having residential next to commercial next to like a manufacturing place mm. like you can see all these like different uses like obviously there are you know spots of like only commercial or only residential like for the most part i feel like tokyo is very interesting in that it's it like encourages like mixed use Um, yeah so what um with covid and you know you being a lost boy (laughs) what is your like vision for your next steps or like your ideal like work mm. culture or like environment moving forward yeah um i was doing a lot of reflection um after i quit my last job as to what my next move is and what sort of area that i want to get into my interest always lied um in the tourism industry but obviously, you know, with the current situation, the industry is not looking too well. Um, yeah. So I was kind of drifting away from that thought, pursuing that industry and looking into, you know, going back to school, studying different um, subjects and whatnot. 
But yeah, recently, again, I started to browse um, certain organizations and stuff online, uh, tourism or, you know, organizations. And I still think there is, I mean, tourism is people are obviously going to travel, go back to traveling, but maybe not the same exact same way of traveling um, as pre-COVID. So I think I do still want to work in that industry, but I need to think of what sort of companies, um, the tour, like tour companies are going to survive in the post-COVID era. Yeah. It's curious, like, like what, which part of tourism like interests you the most? I think... Oh, I say tourism, but I've only experienced working in uh, here in Japan, the tourism industry in Japan. Right. And I think I think it's an industry where I can use my understanding of two you know, languages and the cultures of two countries, Japan mm-hmm. and well, I guess the Western. Um, culture yeah Uh, yeah um so in that sense yeah i can kind of utilize my skill but also i just like to it's a very cliche thing but just to travel um you know in general and like meet people and you know start a conversation and i worked as uh like a tour guide and i really enjoyed being in the position to offer those kind of moments or environment um, yeah. where travelers can meet one another and it can lead to a friendship. And I don't know, I, I think I really like the, the communication, like human contact aspects of tourism, if that makes any sense. That you can't like fully experience that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, it's, it's the tourism industry is I think it's you know obviously going to exist um, Mm -hmm. although it's not doing well so it's I think it's really interesting time for people in the industry to kind of reflect yeah because there you know even in Tokyo there's so many like tours that take people to like Shinjuku Asakusa Mm -hmm. like really like like kind of like mass-produced tours that anyone can kind of sign up and go and it's easy and be in a crowded area but I think now the people's you know, interest and consciousness have kind of shifted and they are more interested in maybe going to the suburbs or, you know, people like where the rural areas um, where pe- not many tourists went, I think, prior to COVID. So. Right. So like when I was in Tokyo last month, um, I got to Tokyo just at the end of the go-to travel yeah 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 um and like I think I thought it was really cool that they had this incentive to like encourage like expenditure for Mm. like local businesses and you know throughout the country but like I guess like with you having more of a background in like tourism like Mm -hmm. what did you think of it yeah well when the government first announced the go-to travel campaign well go-to travel doesn't yeah it doesn't really make sense grammatically i think 
<laughs> but I thought they were insane, like out of their mind. Like yeah. the whole world is telling you, like WHO is telling you all these guidelines not to go out, yeah. not to travel. And then, you know, meanwhile, in Japan, the government's like, here, we'll give you 60% discount if you yeah. travel, <laughs> stay in this hotel, go to like bars, restaurants. Yeah. Um, yeah. So initially, I was pretty taken aback, hesitant. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I, I do understand all these small businesses um, that heavily rely on tourists, especially. Um, mm-hmm. a, lot, a, lot, a lot of these stores are um, Japanese ryokans and stuff that's been going on for 100, like 150 years or, you know, going out of business or about mm-hmm. to. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, when I traveled, when I like bike packed around Japan, I did use the go to travel campaign, uh, right. <laughs> which, you know, saved a lot of money, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like. It's a tough one. But yeah, my initial take was, yeah, I was pretty against against people using you know, go to travel campaign. But I think it's how you use it. I mm-hmm. mean, for me to justify it, I was traveling. I didn't use any public transportation. I was staying at these accommodations in the suburbs where like most of the time I was like the only guest or mm-hmm. you know, one of the few guests. Yeah. So I was being conscious about that. Um, but then, you know, there are a lot of people that just fly to Okinawa and like go and get infected. And so. Yeah. No, it's super cool you did that like bike trip um yeah yeah and i don't know like that's some that's something i aspire to do but uh like i don't definitely don't have the endurance or yeah. to do I was, I was gonna say like have you considered like being a bike tour guide <laughs> yeah it's, it's funny Japan. it's funny now you say that because when i was thinking of how I can like thinking of my next step and how I can like build up on my past experiences and you know I was working in a tour company and I worked in the road cycling industry so yeah combining those two and I was looking at certain organizations in Japan um, and there are organized tour uh, companies that offer um, like bikepacking uh, trip in Japan yeah so yeah, maybe it's, and you know, I think it's, you know, you're socially distant too. Yeah, you know, and you're outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I was like, like living vicariously through you from like all your posts because it was so cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I think that's something you can like explore more. And mm-hmm. like maybe that's like, maybe you'll even start your own company. You don't have to rely on other. Yeah, uh, maybe companies to, to yeah, pursue but, that like I don't know if it's your dream no I think whether that's like a tour company or something like having a control of yourself control of like how, how you work and your business or whatever um, I think that's something that can lead to fulfillment and yeah I was like reading like, like certain factors that lead to like um, satis- like for a person to feel um, satisfied in their job and one of the, I think there was like creativity but another thing was having a certain autonomy 
being able to make decisions on your own and stuff can lead to yeah people's like happiness at work yeah yeah but yeah i'm excited to hear you know when we talk in like like hopefully in the next like a month or something once you start your job like how things are going and yeah yeah um yeah i really am going with like zero expectation yeah yeah. also basically zero friends and family (sighs) Uh, um yeah yeah, i'm super stoked and like Mm -hmm. definitely am curious to see where i'll be in a month too yeah I, I was actually looking at videos of like tourism in Houston or just oh, like the city of Houston. And I don't know. It seems like it's like the fourth biggest city, you know, in the yeah. state. Well, did anything catch your eye? Cause I haven't looked at anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there's like parks, there are museums. There's a battleship that you can oh, like, really? it's called like battleship Texas or something. It's like this, like, old battleship that was used during the war and they just have it on the shore and there's like texas and mexican like fusion dishes and yeah there's yeah the only other thing i know was like nasa yeah 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 (laughs) that's that's it and um like vietnamese food occasion um yeah i don't know i'm yeah, I'm excited to eat a lot, um, along with like obviously, you know, this new job. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Urban exploring. Um, yeah, I should wear. Uh... I don't know. I have like ambitions to just like try not to get a car as long as possible, and just okay. like bike or whatever. Just no car, but I don't know. I probably won't survive that because it's scary. <laughs> but Houston's like another like car centric city so yeah like i heard like the traffic there is a, a thing that you know in houston and yeah kind of sounds like la or any big cities yeah um and this is something that i kind of briefly asked when we last spoke but some of your hobbies like recent hobbies which is um yeah. you start to make rugs i did i did yeah, <laughs> and, yeah like, i Mm-hmm. Yeah, I picked that up like a month, like basically right after Thanksgiving. I, I, I don't even know what prompted it. I was just like, I want to make something. Yeah, but, but I why, want why rug? There were a lot of cute rugs on Instagram that okay. I would see on my like, uh, Discover feed, just like that page where you know you see random posts, and I was like, yeah, these rugs are cute. And I was like, I want to make one. And also, yeah, because I was unemployed, I was thinking of like, could I profit off of this? Um, mm-hmm. Rugs are something like people could actually use. Like, because obviously I do like to be creative. Like I like to paint and stuff, but I wasn't really painting in LA until recently. But it's like, no, I don't know. Painting was more just like for me to express myself and I know it's kind of just therapeutic to paint but rugs I felt like it was similar in that it's so the way I make rugs it's uh, I use this tool called the punch needle and I just punch yarn through this fabric and then it creates loops on the other side and that's what the the surface of the rug looks like but it's actually a very mindless task so you don't have to think a lot but you can make something nice so I really like the idea of that 
And so I just like watched a bunch of YouTube videos and like stalked a bunch of like rug instas and then I just started. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was pretty cool when you said it's in the bio too. It's like a mindless task where you can kind of be in the moment, which I think that's like important in people's like daily life. You know, yeah. Just... And it's just like an outlet to do something and like create uh-huh. So I really like that. Um, and yeah, I'm like, I hope to like continue that in Houston, but right. yeah, right now it's kind of, I'm trying to use up all my yarn or most of it. So I don't have to carry it all. Do you have like Instagram page for that or how can Yeah, people... yeah, it's, it's called um, Punchy Tam. Uh-huh. <laughs> because I'm using a punch needle. So I, uh, okay. I post all my like finished rugs and it's not a lot. Cause again, I just started like, a little over a month ago but mm-hmm. i actually just um sent off two things i made i made these like little um fried egg uh coasters and i made this like yin and yang rug that i um sold so i'm really like happy and just like surprised people are actually interested and like, i worked i already worked on a few like commission rugs so like people requested rugs and so those people that you know want rugs from you can they just like message you on instagram pretty much yeah i just i don't know how fast i can work right now but mm-hmm. like while i was in Tokyo and like quarantining that's all i was doing because I, I had all um <laughs> but yeah no, yeah pretty good <laughs> like i was just like just you know huddled up in my room and just making rugs <laughs> people can hit me up mm-hmm. um, i'm also trying to make more like coasters so and i have a mm. little etsy shop that i set up but it's Wait, sorry little what etsy it's like the online um store where people can sell like their crafts and stuff I see. yeah so that link is on my instagram page but yeah hope i want to try to like use that more to also right like sell my stuff but yeah it's been a lot of fun and it's always i'm always like learning more yeah you are a like creativity is important yeah Yeah. do you are 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 you working on any like creative projects or um for me this like podcasting um i like the editing and and... let me do start this podcast because i was like pretty surprised that yeah um, yeah followed followed me um i wasn't really enjoying my last job and i just got really curious as to how my friends and people that are my close to my age are getting along with their life um you know because we're all kind of graduating university and getting a job and adjusting to that shift so yeah i just i just became curious how people are experiencing it yeah i just wanted to like reach out and obviously like you know i would like to have guests um that are a lot older or just in a you know different field of right. work, um, and just listen to their take on life and their experiences and yeah and for me it's inspiring and also kind of it maybe to a certain extent alleviates my anxiety towards yeah 
just to know that yeah people are also figuring stuff out and uh, yeah it's all a process but again it's also inspiring to talk to people that are have already figured it out or are already passionate about this one thing right yeah no, I, I feel like I'm going to feel like I'm floating for, you know, a few more years. I don't know when I'll feel like settled or, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said earlier, like urban planning is like super multifaceted. So who knows like what direction I'll go. Mm-hmm, you know? Like, will I stay in Houston? I don't know. These are, I agree with you. It's very, I feel like our mid twenties are just like, so much uncertainty but like in a good way because you're also like flexible to like change the course of your life exactly i think it's being uncertainty is scary but also you know it's a good opportunity or it's kind of maybe it's a blessing in disguise who knows yeah yeah but last kind of question that i want to ask you would be what is your vision of a fulfilling life or what are like the values that you want to live by and um it can it'll it'll probably change you know yeah yeah i mean part of me is like you know i want to you know settle just like be in a very secure place like not only financially but like emotionally um and all that Mm -hmm. and you know just having a lot of friends um blah blah but (laughs) It's like oh, sometimes I just want to be like a free spirit and just like mm-hmm. travel around and be like a little gypsy or whatever. But it's like I do feel like I've already, I, I already feel a bit old to be thinking about doing that. But I don't know. Like I, there's always a part of me that's like, oh, like I don't think I've seen enough of like well, as fucking like cliche as that sounds. Um, yeah, I feel like yeah, I still like I'm still young enough. Um, but yeah, I guess my ideal life is like finding that like balance of mm-hmm. that stability, but also like the freedom to have mobility to do whatever I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's like super, I don't know. I, I feel like that's an answer most people would give. Um, well, and- I mean, some people, you know, just want, I feel like, find a partner, marry kids. Yeah. You know, stable career but i totally get it like when i feel um like secured with like relationship friends or work when i when i'm in that moment or that when that's my like circumstance there's just like part of me that just wants to kind of be free and move to a different place and um yeah just explore but then when i'm when i'm in that phase when i'm when i'm actually doing that like traveling alone exploring then mm-hmm. i started to like think uh i you know i just want like a set settle in like one place and yeah. find somebody get a job and so yeah i think it's just like a constant going back and forth for me the only thing is like at least in my work in urban planning now or like just my experiences they were very Mm location-based so i'm i can't really have like a nomadic lifestyle because i have to work on projects in Mm -hmm. one and it's like i mean obviously it's really cool that you can see 
what sort of developments happen in the mm-hmm. city and like, you know these are things that you work on but at the same time I do think about like I do already or I feel like I always just have the sense of like feeling stuck in one place in, in my um, field so it's like part of me always thinks of like what's like a good alternative that still applies like everything I've learned and um, in my interests but that allows me to be flexible if anyone has an answer <laughs> I would love to know <laughs> but I mean in a way like you are traveling to a different like you know starting a job in Houston it's exciting yeah, yeah. and like I'm like definitely like I want to stay there for a few years just mm-hmm. like not only to explore Houston but you know it's not that far from other cities in Texas or like yeah. other southern states which I haven't really had a chance to visit so mm-hmm. like I think that on its own is going to be cool yeah, but yeah. Like, yeah eventually I would love to be more like international once things are like mm-hmm, um yeah are there, like urban planning like consultant yeah there are there are but you have to be like pretty experienced and i'm yeah. not there yet yeah so, yeah yeah um yeah once i'm there i'm just gonna try to <laughs> <laughs> go to different city like every year yeah. and just like that's like that would i think that would be like my ideal lifestyle in terms of like career yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like you wanted to move to different places, um, but also like I also just like want to be young and experience that. I don't want to age. Yeah, dude. I mean, like twenty five is. I feel old. Pretty... Saying, like I'm twenty five. But it's because like I, I feel old too. But that's because like people say, but it's like the society or whatever they have this like image of what a twenty five year old look like and should be, but. Right. I don't yeah, think it sucks. I don't think I'm I'm the I don't know, stereotype of if there even is one of a twenty five year old. Mm-hmm. I know like this year like we're turning twenty six, like that sounds even I, 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 <laughs> I'm like fuck, I sound old, but Yeah, man, but like who knows like those people that look like they're living a twenty six year old life is thinking inside. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I wish we could just kind of like just living was enough, you know. Just yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, I just like wish I can just be like one age for two years. <laughs> I know it sounds, it's like it's the dumbest logic, but like. No, I get it, but I think I'll you'll you and I probably won't really change when we're like eighty or ninety. It's the same mentality as maybe you have now, like not in like a bad way, but you know, you see like old people with like they're just like genuinely happy and still look and act young and when i see those people that's the people that i want to be when i'm their age yeah same same. yeah my my grandparents are like that they're just every year they well before corona they traveled at least twice a year one international and one domestic right super ganky and healthy i want to there's like so many old grumpy people yeah they live their best lives (laughs) exactly so yeah we'll see but best of luck with working in houston and i think it's just the whole like just the process of you figuring the life that you envision yeah um, or want to live so all power to you 
Yeah, dude. I mean, same to you. I hope you are able to figure out, you know, what you want to do. Maybe through all these like podcasts, like you're hearing yeah. all these different perspectives. I feel like that's super cool on its own that you're doing that. And maybe you'll like find something. Yeah, maybe uh, I'll just, you know, start making money off a podcast. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I, I would sponsor you, Toby, but. <laughs> if you start your rug company you could be my sponsor and i'll like announce this rug that i'm uh like having my feet on is made by yes (laughs) okay all right well i'll just uh stop the recording for now thanks for coming on